And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Joined today by a parish councilman, we're going to be talking about something that I think affected quite a bit of people here over the last couple of weeks, receiving some letters. Also, you know, sort of a continuation of the flood that we continue to talk about from 2016. So good morning, sir. Introduce yourself for us, please, so the listeners out there can put a voice to a face to an A. Gary Frog Talbert, Councilman District 2, representing Watson and the northwest corner of Livingston Parish. Northwest corner, yes. <laughs> we, He and I are directionally challenged. We figured that out. Um, I can find my way anywhere, but if you ask me north, south, east, and west, I'm probably going to mess it up. So today, we're going to be talking about substantial damage, uh, roughly 1,200 uh, property owners. Uh, some may may or may not be the actual tenants there. Uh, received letters stating that their property home uh, was substantially damaged. So we're going to kind of bring folks up to speed on on this back and forth between the parish uh, and FEMA and let people know. So if you're interested in kind of what can you do uh, to not necessarily combat this, but work through the process, we're going to be talking about that after we go through the history. So first and foremost, Mr. Talbert, uh, I was covering the council at that time. I mean, I still cover the council, but it was pre-COVID, way pre-COVID. Right. Uh, I was more there in person. And starting in uh, 2019 um, is really when FEMA started to push back on the parish. So the first thing that happened was y'all received a letter from FEMA, Region 6, stating that there were going to be some consequences uh, for maybe not necessarily misrepresentation of what happened after the 2016 flood, but didn't exactly follow FEMA code. So let's go ahead and start there uh, with y'all receiving that letter. And we will get into the community rating system in just a second. Well, you know, we got the letter. We got the letter from FEMA uh, that basically said we had some problems. Uh, I'm th- if I remember correctly, didn't the, I think the letter identified about thirty eight hundred structures somewhere like Be- that between thirty five and four thousand. Yeah, I mean, and, and structures that that possibly had been substantially damaged. It should not have been permitted to be rebuilt. And 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 let's clarify: you could have you could permit them to make them inhabitable. You know, you could, you know, you could permit them, put sinks in them, toilets in them, you know, you could make them livable. What you couldn't do was rebuild them to the level that they were prior if, you know, certain things existed. You know, they were in a floodplain, they they were below BFE, or it was going to cost more than 50%, you know, of, of the value of the home, not the value of the whole property, just the value of the structure. Um, so, you know, we the, the administration and the parish as a whole made a decision in an effort to make it possibly easier on people that they they just asked for a permit we came and checked the moisture in the studs before you closed them up and then you got to kind of do what you wanted to do with respect to you know how you how you redid your home i, I know when we, we when my wife and i redid ours I think we ended up hanging like three laminated beams in the house, you know, and we went from a, went to an open floor plan. I mean, we just made some, some, some improvements, which, I mean, I paid for those out of pocket, but I mean, we made some improvements to our, to our, our, our home while we had it, you know, basically gutted four foot down. So, you know, that was, that was some, a choice we made, but we were able to identify those costs versus the other costs so that, so that if we ever were, 
you know, looked into, we could show what it costs to repair the home and what other parts were improved. Sure. So, uh, you know, backing up just a second, what he was talking about with the 3,500 to 4,000 homes were those that were in special flood hazard areas or SFHAs. We're going to try to avoid as many acronyms as possible today because I know those can get confusing. But based on FEMA flood maps, those are homes that are in areas that, for the most part, flood even when it rains hard. So there were four thousand, roughly 4,000 total structures. It was a number that FEMA kept hammering on y'all. After the par- after the flood, the parish inspected only 343 homes. So that was this was the gap in information that FEMA was attacking. So we're going to talk one second about the immediate consequence, which is the community rating system removal. And then we're going to talk about sort of uh, the steps that the parish council took up until this point uh, at, at the behest of the administration and working with FEMA. So first and foremost, one of the immediate consequences that the parish faced was removal from the community rating system. Will you give us a little bit of background? Well, basic, basically, I mean, we still participate in the, in the program, meaning that we still can have flood insurance in Livingston Parish. However, we, we don't, there is a system one to nine based on, um, you know, how strong, uh, your laws are with respect to flooding, you know, or, 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 you know, drainage with, with, with construction. It also has to do with things you can do, uh, by, by community involvement, you know, and, and so, so, I mean, some stuff is as simple as putting brochures in the library, you know? Right. And so, and that's kind of how I, I came to, 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 to fig, to understand this is that we were working on an ordinance at that time, strengthening you know, what, you know, the, the, the drainage impact and what it would be on surrounding areas when, when commercial and sub developments were being built and subdivision being built. And I asked somebody, I'm like, well, shoot, we might actually get a lower rating. And he said, hell, y'all going to get kicked out the system (laughs) or, you know, I mean, so it was like, what? And it's, you know, so when that, that was kind of the first, you know, idea that we had a problem. Um, Anyway, so basically what it amounts to now is that is that if you live in Livingston Parish, you basically pay a 15% surcharge, as I understand, on your flood insurance. Um, and, and, you know, once we get in compliance and, and start doing some things, you know, the way they want them to be done, then we'll get back in the system. And then some of those things that we've done, raising BFE, you know, it's now BFE plus one, by, by strengthening, you know, what you've got to study, you know, on outfall in, in, in new development and how that impacts our neighbors. All those things will improve. And, and you know, heck, we hope not to be a nine when we come back in. But, you know, that we'll figure that out when we get there. Um, so, you know, moving forward, you know, that's we, we've we've kind of made some adjustments. You know, we didn't used to have a certified floodplain manager, I guess, mm-hmm. is I think now we have two. Right. You know, and so, you know, we've made some tremendous improvements, you know, since 2016. Um, Heck, we've made improvements since 2019. And so, you know, I think going forward that we're going to be fine. But we do have this, you know, sword hanging over our head on on the 1,200 letters. You know, we, we talk about that number, you know, what, what do we talk about? 3,500 to 4,000. I said 3,800, whatever you know, that number has been beat down to 1,200. I mean, right. there's still 1,200 people that are going to be negatively impacted by the actions of the parish. But 
We're going to do everything we can to help them. We're going to try to give them some information. We're going to let them know what they can and can't do and and try to, you know, ease this as, as much as we possibly can. So we're going to get to uh, what those folks can do in a second, but want to talk about where those letters came from. Uh, one of the things you talked about was BFE plus one. That's base flood elevation plus one. That was a free board ordinance that y'all passed at the parish level. You also passed a uh, flood damage protection ordinance, which is basically the substantial damage ordinance, which is right. what you were talking about earlier. Structure, 50% damaged or more. It also has to do with improvements as well. That's the interesting thing. It goes both ways. So if you're adding on to your home, uh, you it's still subject to that 50% increase. You might have to elevate that portion of the home above base flood. So anyway, with that substantial damage ordinance passed, uh, the parish then uh, liaised with FEMA and said, we are going to go inspect these homes. Now that started... That process started pre-COVID and got delayed due to COVID, but eventually, uh, based on your knowledge, how'd that come together? Well, I, I mean, they sent, I mean, FEMA, FEMA originally was going to send, I don't, I don't remember the number, 30-something people down here. You know, they never got to that number. Uh, probably COVID had a lot to do with it. But, but in the process of working, you know, with FEMA and, and us inspecting, that number you know, I'm, I'm going to say 3,800. It was 35 to 4,000. That number got beat down to 1,200. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and so we were able to, you know, go out and look. I'm not saying everybody in the 1,200 number of the letters went out is is totally accurate. I, I was I was talking to a somebody in the administration right before we came in to clarify something. And, and, we, and we talked about a guy that lives off 4-H Club Road whose home is elevated. Right. The bottom floor is is you know is uh able to be utilized it It got flooded, and the letter was based on that. He can easily just go show my living area you know the part that's covered by flood insurance is is elevated above you know where it needs to be, and he's going to be fine. you know what I'm talking about it's just there's some things that you know some stuff just slipped through the cracks, and so there are people in those twelve hundred dollars in those twelve hundred letters. That, that have a chance to appeal and, and fix some of these things that are, you know, technically might not be, you know, accurate. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to require a little work. I mean, it's not going to just, you know, call them up and say, hey, y'all wrong. It, you know, yeah. you, you're going to have to document some stuff and, 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 you know, move forward. You have to go, you know, you need to know what the value of your home was in 16. Right. And, and so, you know, how do you do that? You go to the assessor's website, you know, sometimes typically, and I'm not hammering anybody, typically homes are always tend to be a little undervalued. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? You might, your house might list as a $25,000 lot and a $200,000 home. And really it's a $50,000 lot and a $300,000 home. You know what I'm talking about? Because property, you know, they looked at the last time you bought it and, and, right. and you know, property values have changed. So you're going to have to do some work to kind of figure out what was, you know, look at comps in 16 around your area and try to figure out, you know, what was the value? What was, what were homes selling for pre-flood in my neighborhood, you know, by the square foot and then apply it to your home, kind of figure out what your value is. And then you just got to go document what you spent. You know, I spent this. If you got flood insurance, FEMA wrote you a check. It's kind of easy to figure out, you know, right. what, what, what your damage was. So those things will, you'll have to put that together and file an appeal. So obviously there is the appellate process if you want to go through that process, but there's another uh, process 
through FEMA and, and through the federal government called Hazard Mitigation Grant Program. Um, it, there's a lot of different uh, uh, programs within that, but the one we're talking about is uh, home elevation or acquisition. Um, I would imagine most of these people who've rebuilt their homes wouldn't be interested in the acquisition part, but the elevation part is still available. Now, funding is limited and must be appropriated by Congress, so right. it's, you know, it's a slow-moving deal. Uh, but one of the recommendations you had was people should go apply for that. If you got a letter, if you got a letter, you probably ought to just go apply. And I'm going to tell you why. Because once you make an attempt to mitigate, that part of the letter that said you weren't available for federal aid under a flood anymore goes away. So it is very important that you go make the attempt to mitigate. Uh, so it, you know, contact, you know, the, the, the parish president's office. They'll, 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 I don't want to give you the girls' names on the, the radio. They're going to, they'll be swamped. They're not going to be real proud when I tell 1,200 people you need to call them and make application. But I mean, ultimately, that is, that is the most important thing to do. Then some of those aspects of the letter go away. Uh, and, and because you're making an attempt, let's face it, there is not funds available to elevate or buy 1,200 structures within this parish. No. So they're going to be evaluated based on, you know, most, you know, let's say uh, typically, you know, you've, you've been flooded prior, you know, you, it's a recurring deal or, you know, who is, who was, you know, where, where the structure is, is it a tend to flood on often? Uh, and then, you know, th there are going to be some evaluations on those things to determine, you know, what, what's funded first when money becomes available. It's a slow moving process, but, but it is important to make the application. And then, and God forbid we have another flood that, you know, that, that federal aid you got, if you hadn't made the attempt to mitigate and you receive one of the letters, it, it clearly outlines want to be available to you. However, if you've made the attempt to mitigate, then that federal aid will still be available. And I think it's important. I mean, there were people who didn't have flood insurance in 2016 that if it wouldn't have been for federal aid, uh, probably wouldn't have survived, you know, financially through some of that stuff. I'm not saying it was easy. I'm just saying that, you know, that, that, that initial check, you know, that, that you got and, and some of that other stuff, you know, some people got trailers, some people didn't. I mean, that thing made it you know, survivable. I know that, that, that my wife and I, uh, we went and lived with mom, with my mom in, in Baton Rouge initially after the flood. But because my son was still at Live Oak, he lived with a neighbor who didn't flood. And so our family up until we got the FEMA trailer was separated. And, and, and it was really hard on my wife, you know? And so, you know, it's, we we were able to get a we were able to get you know a two bedroom you know FEMA trailer at the house and we were, everybody was able to get back under one roof and it made it easier to 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 remodel and get ready you know get 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 the house back you know being there uh, not plus I mean I work and live in Livingston Parish so it's it, I, I hated the commute from Baton Rouge every day but you know I, I was fortunate and and got a FEMA trailer but let me tell you something those those living expenses that we got and some of those things really lessen the blow, you know, and if, if I wouldn't have had flood insurance, I'd, I'd still be paying some note somewhere to, you know, for, because of what happened in, in 2016, but I was lucky, you know, I had flood insurance on my home. So, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. So 
to wrap up this part of it, the two best things that these folks can do, and number one, really, before the appellate process, is to contact, it is the Livingston Office of Homeland Security, right. correct? Go Google Livingston Office of Homeland Security. It should be a 225-686 phone number. There's an email on there as well. I think he's about to look it up for us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the, 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 the number at the office that you're supposed to call is uh, 225-686-3066. And if you need to send an email, it would be eoc at lpgov.com. And you need to contact them about you want to apply for the HMGP program, especially if you are out in the parish or if you are inside the city limits of Dim Springs or Walker, you can contact this, either one of those cities. But if you are outside those municipal limits, you need to call the Department of Homeland Security in Livingston. That's the first step. Second step, as we discussed, was the appellate process. process. You want to try to appeal. Remember, you got to have that paperwork. How much did you spend? What was your home valued? Please, if you can't figure that out, you can always contact the clerk of court's office to get those conveyance records. They will have the initial value of your home. You can also contact the assessor's office in Livingston. Both of those offices can help you out with those issues. And, of course, your tax dollars funds their operations, so they will be more than happy to help you. So, uh, Mr. Talbert, anything you'd like to, 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 to say to sort of wrap this up? Well, look, you know, there was a lot of blame about people, you know, this person did that, that person did that. Look, everybody made decisions in a stressful time. You know what I'm talking about? They, uh, they made decisions for the, what they thought was the betterment of everybody. If you, I remember, I remember friends that lived in the city of Denver Springs, in the city of Walker, that complained about how hard the process was, you know, however, we know why the process was harder there because I don't, there's probably not a single letter going out in Denham Springs or Walker because they, they inspected every home. Uh, and it is important to, to mention that both Denham, Walker, and the parish all received offers of assistance from FEMA. Denham and Walker took it. The parish did not. And, and look, you know, why, I don't know, but that was, that, look, that's water on the bridge. We, we're moving forward trying to fix, you know, the problems that, 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 that exist now and help our citizens. Um, I really think that, that that when you looked at the number of homes within the parish, it was just kind of overwhelming. Sure. You know, and, and, and you look at the permit department, the number of people they got, I think it was just overwhelming. And, and the thought process was there's no way we can look at, put, put eyes on all these homes. And, and if we do, we're just going to drag the process out. Uh, you know, Hindsight's twenty twenty always is probably what we should have done is said yes yeah, send us some people down, and and made the attempt to look put eyes on every structure, and and you know if we'd have done that we wouldn't we wouldn't have some of these problems, so you know I, it's always easy to be armchair quarterback you know Sunday sure. evening or Monday morning so it's 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 a different deal but. You know, we as a parish are going to do everything we can to 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 try to help people. Uh, you know, I've gotten some phone calls. Uh, I got some phone calls yesterday. A friend of mine called me. Uh, I, I was trying to get some information for him. I, you know, he was asking about you know buying a permit to add on. It's going to be tough, you know, for a while. 
it's my understanding though, and and is that occupancy permits won't be an issue. He was worried like if a limb falls on my house and tears the power off, and I got to rebuild the service. You know, how do I do that? I I don't think those are going to be issues. I think what we're looking at though is if you want to add on to your home, we got a problem. Yeah. I mean, we got to, You know, there's there's some guidance that came down from that. You know that we that that we've got to follow now. Because if we don't, we're going to stay in the same boat we've been in. You know what I'm talking about? So there's some things that the parish are going to have to do that are not necessarily palatable to everybody, but but we're going to have to do it because that's what FEMA wants, and, and that's what we put in that handbook on how we would deal with this stuff. So we're, we're just going to have to follow the rules, you know? Look, I, I mean, look, I is referred to as a free state. There have been times that you know, I've always said it's easier to ask forgiveness and permission sometimes, and there have been a lot of people that have operated within the parish like that for a long time. But there's some things that are changing, and there's just some things that are going to have to be done by the rules, and we don't have any opportunity, you know, to 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 bypass that, or we're going to continue to stay in a bind. I mean, I don't know. There, there's nobody knows for sure, uh, but you know, there's a chance that. If you got a letter and you have to have flood insurance, you might not get underwritten flood insurance. You might be paying actuarial costs on flood insurance. And if you get that, if you get that bill, you're going to know how bad that is. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, the National Flood Insurance Program is loses money every year is underwritten by Congress. You know, now if you've noticed lately because of they have made some adjustments in the rates and they've gone up, but the actuarial cost on 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 flood insurance is substantially higher than if you buy it through the program. So all I'm saying is that if you got a letter, go attempt mit- you know go start the mitigation process, and 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 if you think you have an appeal, then then start the appeal process. But uh, we as a parish are going to do everything we can to ease the burden, you know, on those 1,200 people going forward. Because look, we're somewhat to blame in in the situation they're in. Uh, how many people benefited by the shortcuts? I can't tell you. You know, I know it was easier for me to rebuild my house based on the the the, the way the parish did things. I went and got a permit. I got an inspector to come check the moisture in the studs at some point in time, and then I just closed my house up. The thought process of Every time something needed to be done, having an inspector come out, you know, or or was was going to be would have been overly burdensome. And I think, you know, there are some people that are suffering because of it. There were tons of people that benefited, you know, by the actions. So I'm not going to criticize anybody over what you know how we move forward. But but I think the administration is going to do everything they can. I know if you call that number, there's probably there's probably for every one call they answer, there are probably six messages. They are they are diligent in getting back to you because I called them at eight o'clock this morning and left a message and I just got a return phone call, which I didn't answer because I'm on the I'm on the uh we're on this little podcast. But but so I'm telling you, they are just be patient, leave a message, they're gonna get back to you. Uh, they're they're overwhelmed right now with the phone calls. They they've be they've moved people from other areas into LOSEP to help them answer the phone. So look, Brandy and them are doing a great job over there trying to keep all this thing, you know, moving forward. So, you know, just be patient. They're going to get back to you. Don't get frustrated and uh, leave a message and it'll, be, it'll all be good. They'll, they'll help. They'll talk you through the process. 
they'll explain better than what I just did on this, you know, podcast about, you know, what, what you can and cannot expect. And, you know, it, it, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. You know, we're, 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 we're going to assist you every way we can to try to ease the burden, you know, at the, at the parish level. Yeah. And I think it's important to note as we wrap up here that there was a lot of pressure from a lot of different places, you know, the, from FEMA region six, which is sort of the governing body for FEMA for our area. It's out of uh, Tyler, Texas from uh, our Washington delegation who said, look, I mean, we've gone to bat for y'all about as much as we can. There are certain things you're going to have to do to play ball uh, as well as from, uh, you know, the state and other places. So, you know, uh, there's been a lot of back and forth. It, it hadn't been a total bend over job, I guess you can say, but it has been one of those things where it's a process. So, uh, you know, yeah, we, we don't have any choice. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like you're caving into somebody. You, you just, you've just got to do what you got to do. Make no mistake. We weren't the only parish that took shortcuts in 2016. And I'm going to tell you, thank goodness, because if we'd have been the only one, we, we we probably got kicked out of the flood insurance program. But because there were some big neighbors beside us that took shortcuts, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They couldn't justify doing one without doing everybody. And the politics didn't allow those big parishes to get beat up. So, you know, that was kind of a saving grace for us. But, 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 but we, we, they shot a, they shot a, they shot across the bow of our ship and said, we need to get your house in order. And, and the administration's done a miraculous job getting it, getting it taken care of. So, and it is, uh, it, it is important to note that that process has been in the works for several years. You know, this is just another sort of milestone in right. working and working through that. So, uh, again, Mr. Talbert, thanks for joining us and coming to sort of explain, you know, we talked a little bit about the history what's going on now, and what you as a property or homeowner can do to work through this process. And, of course, Ms. Brandy Janes at the Livingston Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, they are there. Uh, they are well-versed on the documents, and they will help you work through it. Uh, Going to let you do your outroduction as we, as we exit here. It's always a pleasure to come sit down and visit with you, you know, try to you know, inform citizens as to what's going on. It's amazing to me. Every time I do all these podcasts, I get 30 or 40 new Facebook friend requests. So, (laughs) you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm Gary Talbert, Councilman District 2, representing Watson in the northwest corner of the parish. The northwest corner. We're going (laughs) to... I think we had one day, you and I were both kind of tired, and we kept calling it the northeast corner. Northeast corner of the parish. So <laughs> somebody like, that guy doesn't represent Albany yep. and Holden. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us out there. If you're listening or watching, we appreciate it. We know this is a difficult time, uh, but we are working through it uh, the best that we can. Remember that the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. There is a podcast page there as well for you to check these out, or they are on all your favorite podcast platforms, and of course we post them on Facebook. We hope you have a great day. If you are one of the 1,200, please remember, make that phone call, make that email, get proactive with this. There are ways to work through it. It's going to be tough. But uh, you have the place to start. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll check you out next time.